0: This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.UBS.com for further information about UBS.
1: Hello, I'm Celine Fornaro, head of the industrial team at UBS. Thank you for joining us today on our first podcast on the decarbonization of the transport industry. I'm joined today by Patrick Hummel, the global head of the UBS automotive team patrick thank you for being here investors factoring climate change and other sustainable themes with regard to their risk and returns and looking for fastest growth around funds focusing on energy transition now we believe that transportation can be mostly decarbonized by 2040 so how does this disruption apply to your sector?
2: Yeah, thank you, Céline. Look, um, we are now really at uh, the inflection point for uh, the decarbonisation of the automotive industry. Um, and, and that in two ways. On the one hand, of course, uh, the technology is making significant progress. Batteries, electric cars are getting cheaper. Uh, the range expectations of consumers um, are, are being met now. And also importantly, the price points uh, so that we are close to full cost parity between an electric and a combustion engine car. We think that's just about five years away. And at the same time, uh, the regulatory environment um, hasn't been more benign in favor of electric vehicles than it is today. Uh, If we look at the three large automotive markets globally, uh, Europe uh, has made a big green stimulus push uh, last year. And and that's going to... Uh, support uh, the curve for for the next few years um china has a fairly consistent favorable regulatory environment for electric vehicles and um, now we can add uh, us the united states to that list um, under the new administration with joe biden as president um, we do expect um, changes in favor uh, of uh, the transition to electric cars And and that combination of a very clear regulatory framework that ultimately, of course, is driven by the Paris Accord and uh, the technology breakthrough that we're seeing um, that is, you know, making that transition process um, happening really fast. And we think faster than most people think to the extent that, uh, let's say, by 2030, um, it's going to be tough to find any reasons not to buy an electric car in most of the markets globally. Celine, I know automotive is not the only industry where this rapid change is now kicking in. Um, Can you um, summarize for us what is going to happen in air, in uh, marine, in in, in railway transport over the next five to ten years? Is that transition also happening as fast as it's going to happen in automotive?
1: Well, definitely, there is an ambition to get there, Patrick. And uh, and I do think that the transition uh, is accelerating uh, very fast in the sectors that you highlighted. I mean, rail is already a very green spot uh, from a transportation point of view. Though they probably have less pressure. But when you look at shipping or aviation, um, you know, we see great milestones being achieved uh, also from a technology and regulatory point of view. And we are somewhat bagging on the back of the automotive sector uh, and uh, the innovations that are being driven in in battery but also fuel cell technologies and um, and on the regulatory uh, side of things as you mentioned before now some of the biggest um, accelerations or hopes uh, that we have are into the hydrogen uh, hybrid or hydrogen uh, fuel applications which are probably more appealing for long-distance constrained um, weight environments uh, clearly, but also uh, we do see the regulatory framework helping maybe more short-term when you think about all those uh, big um, regions that you mentioned before, aiming for carbon neutrality. Uh, We have, for example, California who has been pioneering clearly the adoption of electric cars, but also the use of Um, green carbon fuels and in particularly for example sustainable aviation fuels and also Europe has very much embraced that and that would also help to decarbonize uh, aviation shorter term and then longer term we have technology uh, solution coming through for um, industries such as uh, rail but also shipping uh, and aviation and now we have roadmaps that have been highlighted uh, by the major OEMs um, towards that, and um, you know, talking about and thinking about these these roadmaps, Patrick. Um, ca- can I ask you what are the key milestones that that you'll be monitoring to in- to make sure or to keep us up to date that this transitioning is really happening as fast as you think?
0: Mm.
2: Celine, of course, uh, we're going to be tracking very closely uh, on a monthly basis how well the EVs that are now being introduced into the market are going to sell. The rapidly growing fleet of electric vehicles that greatly increase consumers' choice, and it's going to be very important to see how well these vehicles will be selling in the respective markets. Uh, And of course, from an investment perspective also, uh, what happens to the margins of the car makers and and the suppliers in these decisive next. 12 to 24 months Um, that will be very very important Uh, of course uh, we need to keep a close eye on the um, technology cost on the battery side supply demand balance here is very important because unlike um, you know industrial means of transports um, passenger cars is going to be very battery electric centric and not so much about fuel cells so the battery supply is a potential bottleneck that needs to be monitored closely and battery prices of course because batteries are very uh, uh, expensive in the grand scheme of things of a passenger car um, it's about a quarter of the vehicle's value so that needs to be monitored very closely Um, and last but not least of course the growth of the infrastructure because um, as much as early adopters can survive with a uh, let's say not so dense charging infrastructure because many of those uh, who buy a electric car nowadays they have the opportunity to charge either at home or at work Um, and the network of long distance chargers when you go on a on a road trip so to say is not too bad already today but for a really widespread adoption uh, you need uh, much more call it medium power chargers in the urban environment for people who don't have their uh, own driveway or their own garage or parking spot um, that is crucial to, to reach a widespread EV adoption. So, to sum up, it's about um, volumes um, on the vehicles themselves, on the on the battery side. It's about uh, the the cost roadmap, the technology roadmap that we'll be tracking closely, and it's about the infrastructure. Um, and Celine, for your sectors, it's uh, quite diverse uh, because you you cover um, land, air, and uh, yeah. And marine transport um, what are the uh, the signposts or the or the milestones that you'll be following
1: yes uh, funny I mean when you were talking about the challenges about the, the EVs it sound like uh, you know our own life for uh, city urban uh, people with uh, more keenness to buy electric cars to be honest um, but uh, yeah so regarding uh, the, the, the sectors I would say that we cover we um, We have long-lead items, right, to to R&D development. So, shorter term, clearly, what we're looking is uh, where the R&D money goes uh, and also where, for example, the um, Hydrogen Europe initiative, um, you know, goes and the money and the funds in terms of, as you said, building the network uh, also for other sectors. In terms of the um, technology feasibility and, and, and solution, Uh, We've already seen um, some ideas coming out from the um, rail, uh, not high-speed rail, but more the mainline rail uh, and also the the, the shipping industry to address uh, some of this transformation. And also on airplanes, what we're seeing right now is is, um, really the beginning, I think, of a new boom in small hydrogen uh, platforms or two, uh, four aircraft seaters a bit like we had in hybrid electric for the last five years. Uh, And this has enabled or led to a certification of the first two electric plane in Europe in 2020. And I think we're now going to start to see a new boom for for hydrogen platforms so that we can really take a decision on what is the technology um, that is most likely to be implemented from 2030 2035 is it direct you know hydrogen fuel injection um is it seen fuel um or um is it you know more with a fuel cell uh, on board um or is it a bit of an, an hybrid also with sustainable aviation fuels so what we monitor concretely speaking is um patents we monitor a lot of uh, patents application uh, and then we also monitor the progress of some of these technologies uh, that come more from um, some of the industries that, that you cover and how they lead uh, into us. I think also one very important um, you know, uh, thing to watch that is specific to aerospace is re- regarding the safety authorities because they really need to be fully on board uh, to, for this to happen to larger platforms and not just two-seaters or 10-seaters or, or planes. Uh, and what we see is that they're definitely ready and embracing this transformation and to make it possible so that we have the right safety rules um, to you know have the standards of today to some of these these platforms the other thing that we watch which has been helped by by COVID, of course is the um, cycle of retirements of the fleets uh, because you know some of these equipments trains ships and planes you know they have a long replacement cycles uh, but what we're seeing is that COVID is potentially shortening those cycles uh, and that also would help um, to, to, to stimulate uh, demand for these new platforms over the next uh, 10 years when they're available.
2: Thanks very much, Céline. Um, I think it became clear in that short podcast that we are on a very exciting journey um, into a decarbonized future of transport. Thanks very much for listening and stay tuned for the future podcasts on this topic.
0: This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity and you should seek your own financial tax and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content. It has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2021. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.